Hi, welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we give soulful and candid sex advice about every facet of the human sexual experience. <laughs> Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com for our full podcast archive. And while you are there, go to PleasureMechanics.com slash free and enroll in our free online course, The Erotic Essentials. It'll get you started with actionable strategies so you can start creating a more pleasurable sex life tonight. Big thanks to our new sponsor, CloneAWilly.com. CloneAWilly is just what it sounds like. They offer DIY kits of top quality materials so you can make at home a replica of your own genitals. They offer a kit for penises and vulvas. We will tell you more about them in this and upcoming episodes. We love this company and what they offer. It's really an experience. So go to cloneawilly.com and use the code pleasure for 20% off your order. We'll tell you more about it coming up. (laughs) Yeah, so original. I love it. Never thought I'd be saying these words. All right. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about a predicament you might find yourself in on either side of the equation when one partner wants to explore, wants change, wants to get kinky, wants to have different kinds of sex, and the other partner doesn't really want to play along. Does that ever sound familiar? We are going to get into that. Before we do, I want to invite all of you listeners to participate in our first ever listener survey. This is a super important opportunity for you to give us feedback on what you love about the show, what you want changed, how you feel like we can improve, and also tell us a little bit about yourself so we can produce a better show for you for the coming years. Go to pleasuremechanics.com slash survey to participate. That's pleasuremechanics.com slash survey. It'll only take about five minutes. And if you choose, you can do this anonymously, or you can choose to leave an email address and be entered to win one of two amazing prizes. One person will be chosen from the whole collective. So we are part of the Pleasure Podcast Collective. And one person will be chosen to receive over $350 in toys from our friends at babeland.com. So you can receive a huge, amazing prize package of toys just in time for the new year. Or you, someone from our podcast survey will receive an all access pass to the Pleasure Mechanics courses. So this is a $685 value and it gives you access to all of the courses we have created thus far and everything we will create in the future. Wow. So for five minutes of your time, you give us really, really valuable feedback about this podcast and you can enter to win almost a thousand dollars of prizes wow do it (laughs) all right pleasuremechanics.com slash survey and we will be reminding you of this for the next few episodes as we gather this information to close out this year and move into 2019 (laughs) thank you thank you all right your partner won't play along so this is a theme that comes up in so many emails And I had proposed this topic to our friends over on Patreon, our monthly supporters, and they upvoted it very high on the list. And then I received an email that perfectly encapsulated this moment. 
So Charlotte will get us started by reading this email, and then we will talk about all of the reasons people are hesitant to explore sexually, and I think we will all find ourselves in these reasons somewhere, and what couples can do when one partner is ready to jump on the highway of erotic exploration, and the other is perfectly content where they are. All right, here we go. Hi, I just started listening to your podcast a bit ago. It's very interesting and informative, so thank you very much. So I've been married for I've been married for 9 years. We just had our first beautiful girl a year and a half ago. It seems our sex life has gone backward ever since then. I have been exploring and thinking more about sex and fantasy, figuring out what I like and what I want to try. My wife doesn't really want to try anything new. For example, I get turned on from thinking about coming on her, rimming, deep throat, kissing her with my cum on her lips, pegging, I guess kinky stuff like that. I have mentioned different things, sent hints like Pinterest quotes or things, got bedroom games, and she doesn't want anything to do with it. It ends up turning into an argument because I'm super frustrated that if we do have it, it's always the same. She says she feels like she's not good enough and I shouldn't want these things. Now I'm not even comfortable talking about it with her because it's shut down. I love her. I just want to try new things in bed with only her. I don't know what to do about this or where to go from here. I want her to feel loved, appreciated as a wife and have kinky sex. Any suggestions? Mhm. I think this is such a common situation for so many people. Yeah, I think it's actually very rare that a couple has mutual simultaneous interest in trying new sexual things. Much more frequent is one person gets inspired, one person starts exploring on their own, starts clicking around on the internet, and a desire starts growing. And for many people, these desires are never expressed, and people stay in their kind of status quo of their sex life or the relationship ends and often we call this sexual incompatibility but i see this all the time in the emails we receive one person's really excited the other person is feeling really hesitant and often this is in otherwise healthy loving relationships there's no question of wanting to cheat there's no question of wanting to divorce or break up it's like just like this guy said i love my wife i want her to feel cherished and safe as a wife and i really want kinky sex and i think this is so familiar for so many of us and what i want to acknowledge is what this edge of change is is very different for different people some people are terrified and scared of even talking out loud about sex or having sex with the lights on letting their naked body being seen things like oral sex or anal sex feel extremely kinky for a lot of people for other people their edge is opening up their marriage to three ways or having anal sex and pegging or kinky sex right so where your edge is is very personal but the emotions and the feelings and the relationship issues that come out when we meet at those edges are almost universal that is such a great point and very well put i think thanks that- wife <laughs> <laughs> so affirming <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, no, I think we need to recognize that because yeah. I get emails from people that are like, I'm so terrified of this. My wife wants something really, really kinky. And then I ask, well, what's so kinky? And I'm always surprised, you know, it's the whole range. 
it's really important for us to recognize however sexually adventurous you believe yourself to be, these feelings of vulnerability and risk and shame and worthiness that come up when the person we love asks us for something new, something different, something more, um, that brings up a lot for all of us. So let's dig into that. So first, I, when we were looking and sitting down to this, I wanted to take out the baby part because I felt like, oh, well, that's this whole other issue, but you wanted to leave it in. So let's just address this piece about the baby in the room, <laughs> um, this year and a half year old beautiful child that they have welcomed into their family. And then again, talk about the more universal theme of timing and energy. So you have a year and a half year old baby. Yes, sometimes we have to edit questions just for simplicity to be able to to answer the question in the short amount of time we have. But I just think this piece is so important because when you have a year and a half year old a year and a half baby, you are your family is in such a specific season. And yes, it makes absolute sense that I think he says his sex life goes backwards. Like that is a time when sex is not a priority for a lot of people. She is probably exhausted. There's probably a baby monitor right next to your bed. It's not the best time for deep new exploration. Right. Most couples go into a sexual hibernation, um, let alone exploring new things. Right. So we explored all of this on episodes 236 and 237. There's a two-part series about sex after baby. Um, we really encourage you to go listen to that. Yes. If one of the reasons you are feeling like your partner won't play along is because there is a child under five in your family, that is like a central issue. You need to look at that and maybe just recognize this is not the time to expand. Most couples do not even stabilize their sex life until their youngest child is five years old. Just because of the time and energy <laughs> and pull of taking care of a human being. Right. And even in an evolutionary way, like we need to keep the species going and then we can return to humping like rabbits. Right. I you loved know? when I heard Helen Fisher talk about the hormonal changes that come with a newborn. And she said something like, how would babies survive if couples were as obsessed with each other as they were before, before that baby came? Mm -hmm. And we all know that feeling of like, I don't want to take my eyes off you. I don't want to stop touching you. And that energy is now going to the child. Because you need to keep it alive. You need okay. to keep it well. So. Okay. so there are other issues with timing and energy that might be a primary reason your partner does not want to play along. And any life stressor can create so much stress that sexuality becomes deprioritized. Sexuality doesn't really emerge for most people under conditions of high stress. Um, again, it goes into hibernation. Some people in some stressful cases get hypersexual and they use sexuality as a way of coping with stress. But for most people, things like illness, financial stress, a death in the family, caretaking of an adult, a parent or a kid, yeah, anytime in a hospital for yourself or a loved one, a lot of these stressors are inherently anti-erotic for a lot of people, especially medical caretaking or caretaking of infants. These things feel incompatible with hot, sexy, passionate sex, and especially kinky sex and rough sex. That kind of energy has to be cultivated under certain conditions. And we just need to be real about how sexuality fits into the rest of our lives. 
right? And so this is what we talk about sexual seasons and phases. And if you're in a long-term relationship, we must recognize these seasons as they come and go and name them. So Charlotte and I as a family, our child is four years old. We are emerging out of the hibernation of being young parents. We get to be in bed together alone every <laughs> night. And we still have glee about that where we're like, woohoo, it's just us. Our child's asleep down the hallway. Um, I am emerging out of my own illness and feeling my own energy return and feeling a lot more vitality. My interest in sexuality is you know, really starting to rise. And so we need to recognize, and, you know, Charlotte had a sick mother this whole time, you know, there's all of these concurrent things. And so we actively talk about it and you name where you are. And I want to let you know, we get so many emails from people once their kids have left school, left home that have a phenomenal exploratory, so surprising mm-hmm. and a, an amazing sex life. I'm not saying you have to wait that long, mm-hmm. but I just want to let you know that these seasons, they shift so dramatically and we don't think about what happens when we're having sex when we're 60, yeah. uh, when we're younger. But I'm telling you from all the reports we get, it's like amazing and inspiring. <laughs> so just know you have a lot ahead and you're just in this moment. We should rebrand emptiness to sexiness. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so seasons, time and energy is a primary factor to look at in where you are in wanting to explore and where your partner is in wanting to explore. And if the stressors are very incongruent, like if you have a lot more space in your life and you're, you know, especially in this situation, um, the caretaking of this infant child might be really unbalanced. So he has a lot of time. He's not being touched as much. He's got time in front of his computer to masturbate. And his fantasies are going wild while she's doing all of this caretaking and is being drooled and peed on and is touching a baby all day long, right? So their needs are different. So in this evaluation, look at what loads of stress you're under, if at all possible, help your partner out and relieve some of their stress. Or just acknowledge this is not a good time for us to try new things. And you go into maintenance mode. Yes, you want to go into making sure that you have your connection present at all. You want to keep your erotic connection. Even if you're having very familiar sex, you just want to stay connected to one another, keep liking each other, keep caring for one another, keep telling each other that you do care, that you love each other. Um, And it is just about making sure that you are connected and that you are giving her pleasure. You are refueling her because she is caring for this infant so fully. If indeed your relationships are very uh, split in this way that often it is in our culture currently. And part of maintenance mode is acknowledging out loud that you're not having as much sex as you used to or that you want and making that a playful, loving thing like, oh, I miss that body of yours. I'm going to love getting it back from the baby in a few years or, oh, I can't wait till we can cuddle alone without the baby. But for now, you look beautiful together or whatever it is, like acknowledging where you are and also acknowledging that it's temporary helps kind of keep you sane. And if you're the partner with more time and energy and sexual interest, that's when you redouble down and go into masturbation, expand your fantasy life, and self-maintain your sexual energy so you can be a partner when your partner is ready again. Time and energy are not the only reasons that we hesitate to explore sexually. So what are some of the other reasons we do not feel ready or excited or even willing to expand our sexual life. 
First of all, for all of us in all realms of life, change is scary. People don't just go like pick up tennis because it's interesting to them. Like we as adults get very acclimated to our status quo and very few people take big risks at all. So cheers to those who do. And we need to recognize that as humans, there's something about sameness that feels safe. And especially within relationships, like our relationship, especially in this culture, your primary romantic family relationship is your lifeline. For a lot of people, like the possibility of losing their primary relationship feels um, like life-threatening level of risk, right? This isn't, oh, I'll try tennis and then I'll throw the racket down if it's not for me. Oh, why don't I go try that Spanish course at the library? Those risks feel scary enough to show up not knowing how to speak Spanish and learn hola. Like, that's really scary for people. Taking on kinky sex where it's, you're confronting shame and guilt and the sex negative messaging of thousands of years and who will my husband think I am if I'm the dirty whore in bed and what does this mean about me as a good girl and what does it mean about spirituality and my soul and these are really huge, huge risks that anyone anyone can even contemplate taking these are really big questions to be confronted with when your partner says hey let's try something new and again we're all on a spectrum of how much this shame and guilt and fear around sex holds us back we all have different backgrounds and histories of what we're taught about sex and what doing something like being spanked in bed means about you Right. And so these are all of the conversations around relieving sexual shame, evaluating your own sexual values, understanding the difference between fantasy and desire, understanding that kinky sex is a way we play and make believe. And so by being spanked and being the dirty whore, you're playing a role that's not who you are. All of that needs to be addressed. And that's all of the foundation work, right? Like just jumping into kinky sex is varsity level. And it seems like, and many couples need to start way, way, way before that and just get comfortable talking about sex, getting more playful about sex, getting more comfortable with your bodies, getting more comfortable with your genitals, getting more comfortable with your genitals being seen and getting more comfortable trying something new and taking little risks. So I definitely want to talk about the other reasons people won't play along and then really dive into baby steps. How do we open this up? How do we get our partner to even take that first step with us? Before we do, I want to thank our sponsors at cloneawilly.com for sponsoring this episode. And I think this is actually a great example of an experience you can do together as a couple to try something new, to take a little fun silly risk together and have a little adventure together. So at cloneawilly.com, you can buy DIY kits to make a silicone casting of your own genitals. So they provide all of the high quality body safe materials you need and clear and simple instructions. You set it up, follow along, and at the end you have a beautiful usable silicone sex toy molded off of your favorite penis 
They also offer a clona pussy kit where you get to make a replica of the beautiful external vulva, the clitoris, and the labia. So head on over to clonawilly.com, browse their offerings, choose from a wide range of colors and kits. Use the code PLEASURE for 20% off. Thanks so much for sponsoring this episode and making this podcast possible. All right. Back into some of the reasons why your partner won't play along. So there's time and energy issues. There's shame and fear and guilt about what the kind of sex you're asking for means. All of those emotional things. And then he named something that kind of broke my heart. It's the piece around, if I were enough, you wouldn't want all of these things. Where do you take that, my dear wife? That is such a hard one because that's such a... There's so much within that sentence. We as a culture have this really, uh, this fantasy of romance that if we were enough that no one would ever want more. That is a a lie that we have been sold. Um, and it's in it's, that same beautifully wrapped package as if the chemistry is right, you'll just know. If the chemistry is right, you don't ever need to talk about sex and it'll be hot, beautiful, passionate sex forever. All of these myths are packaged up in one big romantic box that a lot of people, women especially, <laughs> that a lot of people, women especially, are kind of attached to, because it makes them feel like the chosen one, the special one, the one that has been given the title of wife, and there's something kind of sacred in that identity for people. And part of that lie is that the people who want anything other than non-normative sex, people who want kinky sex, multiple partners, um, gender bending, anything like that, that A, they're not normal when we actually know from all of the data that everyone is a little bit kinky and what's normal is being not normal. Um, What's average is being not normal. Um, And that people who want something else want it because what you have is lacking. Mm. And this is just one of those worldviews that if you change that worldview, it changes everything. So where I go with this is Because you, who I've chosen, are the partner I love and trust and cherish and therefore want to explore all of these things with. It's like there's this world out there, you and I get to explore it together. How amazing is that? That's the model I go to of like, I cherish you and I choose you out of all of the billions of people on this planet to do this with. This other worldview says... You want to use me as an object to fill in for other people because what I am is not enough or something like that. It's like this scarcity model of you. I don't know. It's like kinky sex is I just I'm out of my league here, folks. <laughs> I hear it in food metaphors. Of I love these things that we taste together. These meals that we regularly eat are delicious and nourishing and fantastic. And I really want to explore more. No, there's this emotional piece to it, though, of if you want to do something that is not what the normal sex I am used to, my identity as your wife is threatened. Mm. I think core to this idea is that non-normative sex is wrong. And if you want to be doing something immoral and sinful with your wife, therefore you don't respect her. So I think this just comes back to like the values thing and the basic conversations of acknowledging kinky sex is not 
a sin. It's not this immoral thing, but it's a joyful, exploratory celebration of our human sexual potential. It's just a different worldview. Mm. So I think we have to go back to baby steps. I think we have to start thinking about the idea of uh, every relationship is a sex culture. It's a mini culture within your relationship. And how does culture change? Culture changes by one or more people starting to take daily action of change, right? To upset the status quo. And you can change the culture in your family with one person. We all know this. If one person is angry and storming around the house, we all feel it. And so you, as the motivated partner, as the one that's decided to embrace sexuality, to be a little bit more sex positive, to listen to this podcast... And just a moment to acknowledge all of you who are listening to this. It's a beautiful and risky thing you've done just having this conversation with yourself. You are amongst the sexual pioneers of this culture. Awesome. Go team pleasure. (laughs) So how do we ease our partner into that paradigm? How do we set the table at this worldview of sex positivity and invite more people to dine with us? Mm. It can't be this disruptive, I want to come all over your face and spank you and you peg me all at once. Mm. For most people, that's going to go into total overwhelm, total shock, total fear, and the shutdown. And that's what so many couples, that's the point they email me. Um, They email me at this point where we've gone a little too far too quickly and then the recoil happens, the shutdown happens, the rejection happens. And the pain of being rejected when you've been vulnerable enough to share your longings can be crushing. So what do we want to do instead? What we want to do instead is slowly ease in to a different culture around sexuality in your relationship. And that starts with things like goodbye hugs in the morning. It starts with your words, your kindness to one another. And that's why in the erotic essentials, when we talk about laying that foundation, we talk about things like how to keep your relationship warm so it is easier to get hot. And that work is where most couples need to start. How do you just build up more warmth, more sexual compatibility, more sexual vocabulary, and slowly, slowly show your partner where you want to go together. That is the other piece of this, is being very clear and generous in your communications about what is at stake for both of you and what is the invitation? Like, why is it worth the risk? Is that more intimacy? Is that more connection? Is that more thrilling sex? Like, what are you wanting specifically and how is she involved in it? So what is it that you want to feel when you kiss her with cum on your lips? And why would that be hot for her too? And that could be just saying something like, I just have this idea of how hot it would be to taste my own fluids on you and feel that connection with you and framing it as something you're sharing. Um, But again, baby steps. We don't start with a cum on the lips. We start with a foot massage. And that might not sound kinky enough to you, but when we talk about sharing massage as a couple, as much as it's about the touch skills and the relaxation and learning how to masterfully touch every inch of your lover's body and the pleasure that comes with that, it's also about the communication and about taking little risks together that are going to be wins. 
So getting those small wins in, saying to your wife, can I take 10 minutes to massage your feet tonight, might be an invitation she can say yes to. And then you can sign up for the course, you can study our tutorials, she doesn't have to be part of any of that. You come to her with these new skills and you serve her. And you build in that win, you build in that communication of, does that pressure on the arch of your foot feel good? Could you take a little more? Could you take a, oh, that's enough? Okay. Right? That moment can then be mapped into the moment she's ready to peg you. And she's saying to you, can you take a little more? A little more? Oh, that's good. Okay. Because you've done that a hundred times because you've given each other a hundred massages. Right? We are layering in these skills as a couple and sadly for most of us our desires are for the kinky sex for the erotic massages that last hours for the ecstasy for this feeling of total sexual freedom in our bodies for the multiple orgasms and that is all possible that is all there on the horizon for us but we all need to acknowledge where we are realistically in this path and then just daily actions and this is the work we try to offer you is what does that look like to build in a new relationship around sexuality and pleasure together? Because that's how you get to the ecstasy. That's how you get to the kinky sex four, five, ten years from now. Or maybe four months from now, right? Some people fast track this and discover way more readiness and compatibility than they ever imagined. So layering in these practices of pleasure and these ways of making one another feel safe and wanted and desired and tended to, you wanted her to feel really loved. And what are the ways that she does feel loved? How are the ways you can physically honor her body and make her feel delight? And those might be really little, as you said, and massage is a great way to be trying new things together also um, and to practice that piece of stretching in a really safe calm way a new skill a new physical skill together that does map really beautifully into the erotic but isn't inherently erotic Mm -hmm. so start there and know that you're building a different culture within your relationship and it is it is just about layering 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 new erotic skills and conversations and undoing and unpacking different cultural messages that may have been deeply ingrained in her or you to undo so that there is more space and freedom for you guys to play together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (sighs) So we talk a lot about the Venn diagram of your desires. So where your desires overlap with your partner's desires. And for some people, there will be a very big overlap. You guys are on very much the same page of what you want. And for other couples, there will be almost the tiniest point of meeting between those two circles. And you need to meet, you need to start there. You can't ask her to leap into your desires. Um, You need to kind of slowly meet where your desires overlap get lots of good experiences there, get lots of wins in there. And then what you'll notice is those overlaps start to expand. And a lot of this has to do with safety. So when we talk about doing the foot massage, when we talk about building in the communication, a lot of this is reinforcing the idea that it is safe to be sexual together 
that your relationship will only be strengthened by it, that you can survive little mishaps or mistakes or exploring things that one of you really doesn't like, that you can rebound from that, that there's that resilience. The safety is really important to opening up sexually. And within a long-term relationship, a lot of what that safety means, right? It's not the safety of, is this a psychopath that's going to cut off my head? Is this person, you know, like the the safety of dating Mm -hmm. is very different than the safety of long-term relationships. Within a long-term relationship, the basic question is, are you going to leave me? Mm -hmm. Are you going to disrespect me? Am I going to lose status with you? And especially when we're talking about kinky sex or non-normative sex, men wanting to cross-dress, men wanting to get pegged. Um, That is the heart of the question is, if I reveal this, will you still love me? Will I still be worthy of you? So as much as you can work in that zone sexually, right? So this isn't just constantly telling each other, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. That's great too. But what you need to do is show each other that you can get sexual, that you can be bestial, that you can get erotic and still be safe. And you slowly open up that realm. And there are skills there too. And I guess we'll talk about that in another episode of like, what makes you feel safe getting kinkier, expanding? Like, how do we create those conditions? I think that would be a great episode to do. Um, I'm just thinking back to the Clona Willie experience of how you navigate that as a couple. Um, Because part of the experience is you have a timer on and you have to have the erect penis into the mold and have it within two minutes. And so you're working together. It's kind of a challenge, like on a game show, like mix it up, put it in the tube, get your hard hard cock in there, keep the cock hard. Like it's a fun game. And how you talk to each other, how you do you laugh or do you start arguing? It's a really good moment to kind of assess where you're at and how safe you feel doing something totally new that neither one of you have ever done before. And this is a great place to start. Foot massage, any little place where you can expand that sense of safety and risk-taking and togetherness and pleasure, layering in lots of pleasure in there, um, will help your partner feel safe on this path with you. So you feel like you're walking together into the erotic realm and exploring it together. It should feel like getting to an amusement park, right? Like a cherished, safe relationship, someone you like to have sex with is like a ticket to this amusement park. And there are endless rides and you can go over here. Let's go over here. Blah, 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 blah. And that should be a lifelong sense of adventure that you're on together. Anything that gets in the way of that can be resolved. And I just, I feel like in this world, having the gift of someone you love waking up with every day and you love talking to every day and you love building a home and family with is so amazing and precious and beautiful. And we can strengthen that while getting kinky together, while adding on excitement. But for some people, that's going to take a lot of baby steps through the shame, through the fear, through the risk. And will help you through that. We're here for you. As much as we love the kinky, the ecstatic, we also love these early moments of waking up your sexuality together. Um, And that work never stops. You get as kinky as you want, and that daily work of creating safety and trust and communication never goes away. The importance of hugging as you leave never goes away, right? Like, uh, all right. 
I love the vision of it as a, a relationship as as a within a, an amusement park ride. I think I that's know. lovely because <laughs> I feel like it brings so much of the joy, the excitement, the adventure, the possibility, the novelty, the different moods going on different rides. Right, and sometimes you'll go on a ride together, and one of you will get off and be like, "That was amazing! Let's go again," and the other one is queasy. Yeah. So what do you do? You don't be like, you're an idiot. I'm getting on the ride alone. Like, that wouldn't be a very cool thing to do. You might find a bench together. You might get your partner a drink. You might take her to the bathroom. You might hold her hair back while she's puking. Right. And that is how you show her you are still safe. That ride is over. We are still together. We are still safe. I'm going to help you get back to normal. And then you are going to choose the next ride. Right. Want to go in the teacups? <laughs> you know? Um... <laughs> And again, that the teacups can be just as thrilling as the roller coaster. Mm. Um, yeah, that's another point. Just like finding great joy and satisfaction in the massaging of the feet. And of we your all wife. love different sensations, yeah. right? Some people love swinging on those big boats. Other people that will make them queasy. Some people love the excitement, and some people love kind of the more contentment and the joy. People have different tastes. Um, and so as you enter this amusement park together, there's going to be some trial and error, there's going to be some exploration, but hopefully there should just be a lot of fun and joy and togetherness, whether you're sitting and eating popcorn or you're at the top of the roller coaster. It's true, but I just We're want, going deep in this metaphor. But I want you also <laughs> to really try and appreciate and be present with what you are doing with your partner now, even if it is so different from your... Right. ultimate goals of what you would love to be doing in your fantasy life because it is your partner is going to feel whether or not you're feeling resentful and bored by what you're doing or if you're feeling the delight and joy and pleasure in the simplicity and the familiarity of what you are experiencing mm -hmm. while also giving yourself permission to experience your fantasy life and know that you would like to move in those directions over time and give yourself permission to really explore it and go wild in your fantasy life and then enjoy what you have. It's so important to enjoy and appreciate and respect and honour what we have in this moment and slowly build towards something else. Mm -hmm. So I just want to name that because it's really easy to get lost in the wishing and wanting and then the dissatisfaction. So pull yourself back into the present moment and really notice and honour the beauty of your wife, the yeah. beauty of loving each other and getting to make a family and go from there. Okay, I feel like this was a really big topic. I think we did a good job. I think we covered... I think there's a lot more to say. Yeah, always. It's um, sexuality. It's infinite. You know? <laughs> we just... Each of these, we just try and give you, like, a few things to think about, to digest, to improve. Layers. We're just always... It's <laughs> always a layer cake. We're just going with every metaphor we can right now. <laughs> I will eat your layer cake at the top of the roller coaster. <laughs> okay. Um, survey. So I would love you all to fill out a survey for us. It is a five minute survey. Find it at pleasuremechanics.com slash survey. This is our first podcast listener survey. It's super important for us to gain your feedback, get a sense of where you're at with the show, what you want more of. Um, I've put this out to our Patreon community and the responses are already coming in. And one person says, I love when you laugh. And the next person says, you laugh too much. And together, all of this feedback will be really important for us in hearing what you think and who you are. We'd love to know more about you and where you are in the world. 
Um, pleasuremechanics.com slash survey takes five minutes. You can do it anonymously or leave your email address to be entered to win a $350 prize package from Babeland or an all access mastery course package from the pleasure mechanics. Come on over to pleasuremechanics.com slash survey to participate. We will be back with you next week with another episode of Speaking of Sex. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for filling out the survey at pleasuremechanics.com slash survey. And we will see you next week. Have a beautiful week till then. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure. Cheers. Cheers.